come take a listen and a pause to all of the flow, to the places of wonder and thoughts with insights to grow. So take a sit or a walk, perhaps with a pot of tea, to explore flow beyond what the eyes may see. Hello all, this is Sarah, coming to you for another flow episode. Before we begin, I have a question. What is one of the things that is so essential for life, but we often are not aware of it? Yeah, maybe you guessed it, it's the breath. Are you breathing right now? <laughs> These, this breath serves as a vital life force and has so many benefits and functions, which we'll be delving into this episode, along with various breathing techniques, how we can think about yoga and meditation in different ways, and what happens when we're not aware of our breath, and how this breath can serve as our flow in our daily lives and our experiences. And before we delve into all this, it's important to first understand what breathing is itself. How would we define a breath in the first place? Breathing is, if we're taking thinking about the scientific or the, the technical definition, we would refer to it as the process of moving air in and out of the lungs in order to facilitate gas exchange with our environment. And this is done by bringing in oxygen and then exhaling carbon dioxide. And this process is vital to our life. We need it. um, But how often are we aware of even our own breath? And there are many functions to breathing, such as, of course, life. And breathing can also be a mechanism for speech. It can be a way for laughter of emotions, of reflexes such as yawning and coughing. And there's so much that we can think about with breath just in our everyday life. And with that, I would, I would like to take a moment to, to pause briefly and, and just allow, allow ourselves to check in with our breath. And if you're listening to this, maybe just take a moment to notice your own breath and notice the quality of your breath. And perhaps notice if you even know that you're breathing. And maybe think back to early in the day and notice if you were ever aware of your breath. And perhaps in these moments of stress or anxiety, you you lost your breath and take this moment to ask yourself your awareness with your breath and and what is your relationship with your breath? Mm, These are really good questions to ask Sarah. Um, They're not ones that maybe we have considered before. I know when I'm confronted this question, I often think about, oh, am I doing this right? You know, oh, am I breathing right? As if I hadn't haven't been breathing right for the past twenty two years. <laughs> um, 
And another thing comes up, which I've heard from other people as well, is, oh, I'm, I'm breathing so shallowly. You know, my breathing is very shallow. And, you know, is that, is that okay? Like, maybe I should change that. And I think a lot of us operate with a shallow breath. We are in a, usually a state of arousal and anxiety um, that kind of follows us throughout our day. Part of the interesting, you know, aspects of, of looking at the breath is looking at how do we usually breathe? What does that tell us about our emotional state? What does that tell us about our bodies and how they were constructed? That's what we'll be delving in for the following segment. Stay tuned. You talked about this construction of the body, specifically that of humans. Do you have any insights to share on human anatomy or or how the human has evolved with the breath? Yeah, well, it's quite interesting to know that in the past 400 years, we have developed crooked teeth. That means that our mouths have grown too small. Scientists have tied this to the industrial food revolution. So um, in that way, we're not chewing as much anymore because of the introduction of softer foods. And alongside that, you know, our brain has taken up more real estate with the so-called cognitive revolution. And so that spans more than 400 years ago, but all of that has created these conditions for small mouths. And what that means is that we have a very small airway um, when we look at the anatomy of the human today. And so that often leads to this idea of like, well, we're not always breathing through our mouths. A lot of us breathe through the nose. And actually, breathing through the nose is probably a lot more healthier. Um, if we think about different breathing techniques, they're used, used with the nose. Um, yet 25 to 50% of people actually breathe through their mouth. Breathing through the mouth over an extended period of time can cause snoring. Um, there was a study done that if you breathe through your mouth for a couple days, and you went to bed, your snoring could last from a couple minutes to a couple hours just by um, breathing through your mouth through, through the day. Another thing that, that can happen is sleep apnea, which is like disruption in your breathing rhythm. Um, you know, other things that can happen are stress levels can increase. You can experience more fatigue. And by just changing the pathway of your breath to the nasal one, you can actually decrease your stress level, decrease the amount of fatigue, you can sleep better. And not only that, the nose actually filters heat and it treats the air. Um, It's quite a miraculous organ if you think about it because it triggers different hormones, it lowers blood pressure, it helps store memories. And funny enough, it's actually more closely connected to genitals than any other organ. And 
there are even different functions for for each side of the nostril. Like for example, the ni- the right nostril is associated with cortisol, increases increases in blood pressure as well, and also temperature increases. And the left nostril is the decrease of this cortisol blood pressure and so in that way it's almost like breathing through the mouth would deny the body to do all of these things um and in that way it's quite interesting the the anatomy of breathing because even the way that air comes through your body can actually affect your health it's interesting Sophie because as as you were just talking I was trying to be aware of my breath and and maybe more so than I normally am and just visualizing the breath flowing in this pattern of through the stomach up through the throat through the nose and and I definitely understand this benefit of the the nostril breathing and and as you also mentioned that there are many techniques with breathing and I was wondering could you expand on techniques and and things that maybe we could help do to improve our our flow with our breath yeah Sarah that's that's quite an interesting question so to those who are tuning in this is what we'll focus on for the next segment of our conversation We will delve into three common breathing exercises used in yoga and the differing benefits they provide. Stay tuned. I guess first off, I'll say that the techniques that I know come from the yogic tradition, and it's one that is, you know, thousands-year-old history, so this is not something that that is new or a fad. So... The first thing I'll say is the breath is closely tied to this idea of prana in yoga. Prana basically means this life force that animates all beings. Prana is a thing that enables the body to move and the mind to think. It is almost this intelligence that coordinates senses. And it is in this light that we talk about pranayama. Um, which in Sanskrit, prana is the life force and yama is almost like a moral discipline. So in that way, it's the practice of controlling the breath. And so there are a lot of different practices that you could take to, especially in the yogic tradition. Um, A couple, you know, ones I'll mention that I certainly use to either, you know, increase my energy, my vitality, or to relax maybe after a long day are the following so the first one is ujjayi that is the breath where you are supposed to exhale slowly while you constrict muscles in the back of the throat and so this one is supposed to be good for um, if you're experiencing agitation or stress the other one i will mention is the kapalabhati now kapala in Sanskrit is skull, and bhati in Sanskrit is shining or illuminating. So this one is almost referred to as like the breath of fire. It's pretty funny to do, 
I will say, if you're around another person. So basically, you're supposed to um, exhale in like short bursts and inhale in very tiny micro inhalations. So it, it kind of sounds like this. And no, I'm not trying to hyperventilate, but this technique is supposed to release stress and toxins from both the mind and the body. And it is supposed to be useful during mornings when you're trying to wake up or that afternoon slump. And even during the winter time, because what it will do is actually um, increase like your body temperature. And then the last one is lion's breath. And I don't know, Sarah, do you... Have you experienced this before? My experience, Sophie, is particularly in yoga classes. It's the type of breathing that I wouldn't be familiar with just in my day-to-day. It's the, the term lion's breath is appropriate for the physical appearance. And if I can demonstrate, basically you inhale through the nose and you go... <sighs> <laughs> Um, like a lion and and this exhale is you stick your tongue out when I first tried this in a yoga class it was kind of strange and I didn't really feel like I could fully let myself experience the breath just because of not knowing really how to experience it and I think other people being around helped me feel more comfortable because it was that community feel and from my experience it it really releases a lot of energy and especially with my yoga practice when I do lion's breath such as in a class it allows me to to help let go of the day thus far and and being more present in the yoga class and this breath really helps and I will say I have used this breath in my daily life just off the mat where I feel like I need to release energy it's kind of like when someone heavy sighs, imagine that, you know, this sigh of stress, frustration, relief, it's a form of release. And, and these breathing techniques all just go to this importance of the breath itself and how this breath has such influence over our mental well-being and our physical well-being, emotional, spiritual, and all of this. And I would also like to add on is, you know, as Sophie was talking about, most of these breathing techniques are talked about and emphasized in yoga practices and meditation. And also to know that you can take this off the mat. In yoga, there's a saying of on the mat, off the mat. And to know that these don't just have to be experienced in that one hour, those five minutes you allow yourself to meditate or move with yoga. And from my experience, doing or practicing yoga meditation has helped me become more aware of my breath and has helped me to take it off the mat and and use it in these moments where we didn't think we had this resource, but we have it. We carry it with us every day. Absolutely, Sarah. And I think it gets to this misconception of these activities that especially with yoga and meditation that it has to be a certain way and i'll invite listeners to take a pause and actually join me in in a deep breath so in 
talking about in the following segment, you don't have to have a particular formal practice to do breathing techniques in daily life. So follow along for more. I know when I was first starting to meditate, I would just sit down um, in a certain like lotus posture. And I would think that was the correct way to meditate. And while that is a formal meditation posture that you can use, um, and, it, and it can be helpful in terms of the, um, the way that your body is aligned for the flow of the breath, it's not the only way you can meditate. Um, in fact, I think there is a false dichotomy between being on the mat versus being out in the world. Because once we have those tools available to us, they're always there. The breath is always available to you. And that is actually the reason why most meditations focus on the breath, because it is the most simple way to connect with the body in the present. Mm. Name another thing that you could focus on. You could focus on sounds, of course. You could focus on the feeling in your hands. You know, some people really um, find focusing on their breath is quite anxiety producing especially people who have had trauma and do not feel safe in their bodies. Um, So that's why it's important to note that, like, in terms of meditation, um, the breath is used as this anchor. It's a popular anchor just simply due to the fact that it is constantly in flux and it is always there Mm -hmm. available to you. But to go back to this idea of on the mat, off the mat, Often what I'll do is I'll use like these meditation bells, um, you know, when I'm out and about. So for example, if I'm driving in a car and I hit a red stop sign, that will be my quote unquote bell to start noticing my breath. Mm. Or for example, if I'm out and I hear like a ding, you know, from a crosswalk, the the walking sign is on, you know, something like that, then that'll be the opportunity to, to use my breath. And, and so it's, it's really an invitation of what are the things in our environment that typically annoy us and are constantly present with us? And how can we relate to that in a different way? That, that's a really relatable and valuable advice you just gave the finding cues in your environment to tune back to the internal and I've had that before of stopping at a red light and just saying oh this is an opportunity for for me to focus on my breath and not that I wasn't Mm -hmm. before but it's this I think in these moments of pause we often feel, or at least in my experience, this sometimes jitteriness of, oh, I should be moving. It's strange. I was moving all day and suddenly just to stop can feel really uncomfortable to people. And mm-hmm. they're hit with just emotions and thoughts and memories. And and these happens at red lights, like you said, or sounds that jolt um, the mind around or the body and maybe just reframing it in a way of, the red light doesn't have to necessarily be an annoyance, but rather take that pause, take take those breaths and think, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts right now? Are you feeling anxious for being late? 
and that kind of thing can can be really helpful to just take out into your daily life absolutely and to be gentle about it too it's it's not to say like ah you know like you get to the red light and you notice that you haven't been focusing on your breath the easy thing to do is to be like oh my god like really like it's been so long since you like last paid attention to your breath you're not doing the thing you're supposed to be doing and I think that's a very common experience for meditators of all experience levels and the one thing that has helped me the most in terms of coming back to my breath um, as an anchor is to practice the art of remembrance in that each moment is a new one and if we know that each moment is a new one we can always drop back in and that it'll always be there for you and that you can welcome it and when you start to welcome it with a gentleness then you'll actually naturally want to come back more into that moment Mm -hmm. versus if you scold that moment you're gonna be scared to come back to the breath no Mm -hmm. that's what has happened you know in my practice and when I say practice I don't mean just on the mat but literally in my day-to-day coming back to the breath again and again with all that I will I would like to add a word that may lend some inside this idea of you talked about gentleness I relate to that of non-judgment the word of judgment I hear a lot of don't judge yourself don't judge your thoughts don't judge your breath it's definitely easier said than done which is a personal anecdote and I know of other people who have expressed this and I think I would I would advise or offer when you're focusing on your breath and maybe just again take a moment right now if you're listening to this to think where's my breath at and to try not to judge yourself because like Sophie said this breath it grounds you to the present moment and oftentimes our mind is as they say a monkey mind it's constantly moving and wandering which happens and just to accept that you know these thoughts will come and these thoughts will also go and allow that breath to to help you through that process um, and trying to cultivate this non-judgment of the self which then can also transcend to maybe more acceptance of others and and it, it just really shows for me just the power of the breath but it, it can influence your relationships it can influence your outlook mm-hmm. on life it it's just it's so powerful and yet I feel like we're just not aware of it in this in the way that we honestly we could be Mm. and because we're not aware of it that might be the very thing that could obstruct the flow of um flow of the breath because that is actually something that can be trained Perhaps take this moment to maybe try another breathing technique or maybe just close your eyes for a few moments. And when we come back, we'll be talking about disruptions in flow from stress and anxiety to not finding that one paper we need before an exam. 
you you mention this disruption and flow with the breath and that's something that I would like to touch upon as well because when we breathe we can have what's called hyperventilation and also hypoventilation hyper mean excessive above and hypo meaning below and less so breathing really fast or not breathing enough and and also to note that these of course can be very much medical conditions and diseases and so some people inherently may struggle with the flow of their breath maybe through asthma or some other condition that may not feel stable with oneself and also going beyond let's say these conditions um you can have variations in the flow of the breath just in your daily life uh, through these interruptions of our external environment just living is an interruption often to our breath like um, interacting (laughs) with other people is often it feels like an interruption um I don't know. So if you've experienced this, but sometimes when I'm getting ready to leave a house and I feel like I have everything and I I meant to be, you know, on time in that sense. And as I'm leaving, I realize, oh, I forgot something. And so in this, and it's something simple, let's say it's a specific pencil or a piece of paper. And in that moment, I kind of, I sometimes start to freak out of, oh my gosh, I have to find this one singular object. Um, and I think, oh, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. And I lose my breath. And mm. and it's just, it. I feel like it can be very difficult because we can have these constant interruptions in our flow and our breath just by these moments of momentary panic. How do we allow ourselves to maintain this composure in, in these moments? Right, and it, and it gets at this, almost this paradox because... I see what you're talking about as our relation to time and the breath and also expectation. So, you know, I'd like to think of getting ready to go on a flight and how there's so many steps in between to like, you know, the packing beforehand and the, you know, oh, you have to go to the airport and oh, then your flight is delayed and oh, have I eaten blah, blah, blah. But when you finally get on the the airplane you can almost like breathe a sigh of relief like ah, I got it and you know it doesn't have to be just with you know air travel it can be any sort of you know event that that requires a lot of work from you and that final destination that goal is like where we feel that we can finally let out that exhale yet this is where the paradox comes in why do we feel that we can only let out an exhale or that that deep breath when we're on the plane or when we've gotten there, can't we then, you know, use our breath more mindfully to, to help us in those, those times of challenge when we probably aren't using our breath that way. And I also feel this challenge can extend to situations such as academic. And Um, I've grown up in a very academic mindset and um, I feel my life, recently has been very much around school and often with school can come feelings and consistent emotions of stress anxiety and not to say that people only feel stress and anxiety there's of course motivation and inspiration and curiosity 
Um, and with that can come stress and anxiety. So that's something I just, I do want to touch upon for a moment of, you know, I've been in situations where I'm studying for hours or this material and then I feel like I'm letting myself be done. And then before the exam, it's just this sometimes heavy breathing or anxiousness. And I, I have found that when I have separated myself from my studies and taking these moments of breath, that I feel like I've performed better on my exams because I think I go in with more of a clear mind and not feeling like I have all of these words and facts in my brain it's more of a in the sense like I'm letting my breath be my break it gives you like this again this anchor to go back to when you're caught up in the anxiety of oh my god like am I doing this right or do I have all the information and the and kind of the the strain that that puts on us and oftentimes anxiety correlates to um, the stimulation of the sympathetic side of the autonomic nervous system. And when I say the autonomic nervous system, I'm, I'm really talking about um, almost like the fight or flight or the rest and digest that we live with in our bodies. And so in that way, like anxiety kind of stimulates that, um, that sort of fight or flight response within us, this sense of danger. And how do we change that? Well, Oftentimes, like breathing slowly and deeply lowers the diaphragm, moving more air into the lungs. And this influences how our body operates. It like stimulates the vagal nerve, which then, you know, often changes us into a parasympathetic mode, triggering this rest and digest response that I, you know, just said. And so I think that's why there's such an emphasis on the breathing techniques and, and to become aware of our breath because... Again, it's something that stays with us for the rest of our life, and it influences so many things, um, or it sets off the reaction for many things to come, and yet we often don't find refuge in it. Yeah, that's a really great point, this refuge in the breath and finding comfort and maybe a home with the breath in a way. And like Sophie just mentioned, there are there are ways that we can help to breathe more consciously and help to have the breath feel more like a flow. Where are your thoughts right now? Where is your mind? Are you present? When we come back, we'll be giving some advice on how to cultivate flow with the breath. Hope you stay with us. One is just recognizing the breath. Just noticing the breath is one of the most important. And of course, to make sure that you're breathing. And by noticing, we can also recognize more of our internal state, perhaps tension we're holding in places, often the jaw and the forehead, and the fingertips and the toes. And or we can notice our thoughts. And so this breath allows us to just tune more into ourselves and our internal state. And we can also not only recognize the breath, but choose the breath, choose the breath that we want, whether that is a lion's breath, which maybe you have practiced by now, um, or just choosing to breathe at a certain rhythm, such as 
inhaling to a certain number of counts, exhaling to a certain number of counts, and developing this rhythm can help develop this steady flow. Yeah, and for the most part, what we want is for this sympathetic and parasympathetic balance. And what that means is that you breathe in and out for about the same amount of time. And the recommendation that scientists have called for is between, you know, anywhere from like four to six seconds. They actually did this study where they had participants um, chant the Om Mani Padme Hom and the Ave Maria um, in, in different groups. And it took about five and a half seconds to recite those prayers and then another five and a half seconds to exhale. And they found that all the organs in their bodies, it worked in harmony. And so, you know, if we're not in a super stressed out state or if we're not, you know, in the, in the lows of exhaustion, we can just try out for ourselves. Mm. But there are other techniques if we're in a specific, um, you know, body state that would require more energy or more relaxation. Absolutely. And we can also get this relaxation not only from our internal, but also from our environment. For example, studies have shown and maybe even just feel this yourself of nature. Um, Nature is a very vague and broad term, but green, natural greenery, um, whether that is in the neighborhood or in a forest. I personally have found that by being in nature, away from technology has allowed me to connect more with myself and my breath. And I feel often this more sense of calm with myself and more attuned to my environment. And And by being in this environment, I feel like my breath has become more audible in those moments. And And maybe you have a different place besides nature. Maybe you have a specific song to help you focus or a specific person to talk to or a different place or maybe nature is not for you and all this is to say that try and find ways to help develop and understand the flow of your breath in the internal and also how your external influences your breath and how you can utilize these tools and techniques um, throughout your common and uncommon experiences. Absolutely. And I'll just, you know, end that little, you know, idea with the fact that you don't even have to live near a forest um, because some studies suggest that just looking at green space, um, like, for example, you know, trees outside your office space, that can bring health benefits in and of itself. But, you know, if you're a nature nut, a little forest bathing will definitely do you so good, especially with your breath. And I think with that, Sarah, we'll, we'll end it off with maybe some quotes or a poem, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely, Sophie. As Sophie mentioned, we're going to be sharing some quotes and a poem written by me. And in the meantime, try and find a tree or some birds to listen to and look at. And perhaps you may feel a little bit calmer already. There's this quote I would like to share with everyone. 
I hope I pronounce it. It's from a Buddhist monk. His name is a Thick Not Han. If I Thick Not Han. Yes, thank you for that correction. And there's a quote I like to share. Um, it is the following: Breath is the bridge which connects life to consciousness, which unites your body to your thoughts. Whenever your mind becomes scattered, use your breath as the means to hold, to take hold of your mind again, end quote. And maybe something resonated with you in that quote for me as part of this, the uniting of the breath and the body and the thoughts. And it's it's all connected. And we would also like to end this episode with some spoken words. I write poetry and I have written a poem about the breath that I would like to share. And maybe um, as I'm reading this, I've never actually recorded my poetry before. So this will be a new experience for me. And maybe you could close your eyes if that's comfortable or just focus on the breath and just notice how you feel. Uh, This poem is called This Breath In, Breathe It Out. Sounds flow as music slowly in the veins. This breath in, this breath out, told by the brain. Think of one step, two step as the souls touch the ground. Listen and watch, perhaps without judging the sound. The music is breathed, and the breather then becomes. Let the softness and stillness slowly form as one. Watch the third eye, for there may be blindness in sight. Let the gaze fall where there is little external light. Breathe it in, breathe it out. Is it the desired place to be? Count to one, two, three, then maybe you will see. For sight can be found without an external beam. Find what is underneath the pillow kept dream. This breath in, this breath out, slowly let it go. What is it that you are holding on to? Ask yourself so. And take that pause to find the internal balance beam. Take this moment to let the thoughts flow as a stream. Let yourself fall softly without touching the ground. Let yourself soften. Soften until you feel unwound. Watch the racing water droplets along the window pane and let the calmness wash over among the water droplet game. This breath in, this breath out. Try it with me. Notice what comes and what is left to be. Thanks for sharing, Sarah. And so it flows. And so it flows.